Welcome to By the Way, a podcast of Founders Christian School aimed at helping families pursue education from a biblical worldview as they go by the way, because education is bigger than the classroom. Just a reminder, if you all have questions for us you want us to address, send those into questions at founderschristian.org um, and we'll get to those. Well, we've got our, our normal crew today, uh, so we, we actually haven't introduced ourselves before on a podcast, so I just want to make mention of who we are, especially for those of you that may not be familiar with our school and you're checking us out through this podcast. So uh, my name is Scott Admire. I'm the chaplain and uh, upper school Bible teacher um, at the school, and then I also have uh, Dan Baker uh, with us, who's the dean of students and athletic director and history teacher, um, and Joe Jones, the head of school. So that's that's what we have on the show today. And one reason I wanted to, to lay that out before we get started is I, I wanted us to have a show where we work through who we are as a school, um, what we're all about, and uh, why we exist. And so um, we are a, a classical Christian school. We, we educate from a classical Christian perspective. And um, some of our families know what that means. Some of our families may not know exactly what that means. So um, I thought it'd be valuable early on in this podcast to lay those things out. Wh- who are we? What are we all about? And what is what does this mean, classical Christian education? With classical Christian education, you've got the classical aspect and the Christian aspect, the Christian worldview aspect. So for this episode, we're going to focus on the Christian worldview aspect, and then we'll uh, address the classical aspect next week on the podcast. Uh, so with that said, I'm going to throw this out for you guys. What What is it? the Christian worldview aspect of what we do at our school uh, look like? What does that mean? Well, before the podcast, as you and I were talking, you you made mention of whether there was such a thing as neutral education. And the the clear answer to that question is no, there there is no neutral education because there's really no neutral anything. Every, every idea that exists is either uh, divinely inspired or it is essentially demonically inspired. And so uh, there really is no way to approach education neutrally. So education is going to be approached with a worldview of some kind. And our desire at Founders Christian School is that that be a thoroughly biblical worldview. Everybody has a a worldview. And so what what does that even mean? Well, your worldview is literally just the way you view the world. It's the lens through which you see the world. And um, I'm, I'm borrowing from either John Frame or, or Gregory Bonson to, to say this. I, I can't remember who, but basically, I'm pretty sure it was John Frame. I've, I've heard you okay. quote this before. Okay. I was actually going to ask you this. Okay, you could well, I was wondering if quote. he got it from Bonson, so okay. I, I don't know the answer to that. But, um, but he says a worldview is a network of related presuppositions in terms of which every aspect of man's knowledge and awareness is interpreted. So when you think about a worldview, it really does inform the way we receive new information, the way we think about old information, the way we interpret our experiences, and the way we interpret our own self-awareness. And so everybody does that in some way. Our desire is that the lens through which we view those things to be Scripture, and so hence a biblical worldview. Uh, Mr. Baker, what are your thoughts on okay, the Christian aspect of this classical Christian education? Yeah, so whenever you think about the purpose for which a creator, somebody who makes something, uh, the, the purpose for which they make it is its ultimate purpose. So, for example, I use this example in my class uh, quite often. Um, 
if uh, if Ford makes a vehicle and um, you, it's got an owner's manual that's sitting there, and and you look in the owner's manual for how to go about, uh, you know, what kind of oil that do I need to put in the in the machine itself? Um, it's going to tell you how to how that machine is going to function correctly, and uh, you get you're going to get the benefit out of it. But ultimately, it's Ford that designed it. It's Ford that makes it. It's Ford that tells you how it's how it ought to run the right way. And of course, when we look at education from a biblical perspective, we're getting the designer and the creator's words about how and well, first of all why uh, creation is what it is and why it exists, and then ought, how it ought to function as well. So if you're completely disregarding the why when it comes to creation you're actually no matter how you're able to work with that creation you're actually not even uh tapping into the purpose for which it was originally created you're just manipulating uh, things around you or doing whatever it is you want to do with it and not actually fulfilling the purpose for which it's created um if you're not living or acting in accordance with with what the creator says if that makes sense yeah and, and that i think that's a a good lead into this next question is what is that purpose and so if we, we we looked at this at the biggest possible scale we could what would we say the end goal is in christian education and in, in biblical worldview education what, what's that end goal purpose that the ruinous results of the fall would be undone that the redemption would take place so that ultimately means repentance so uh, christian education ought to have repentance as its goal one of its primary goals and in addition to that once, once redemption ta- takes place right there's there's been true repentance redemption takes place now uh, the, the goal becomes rejoicing in what god has made what he has said uh Proverbs 9.10 says the fear of the Lord is is the beginning of knowledge and, and if fear, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One is insight. That's what we're after. We're after the fear of the Lord, which is where wisdom and knowledge begin. Um, so that that's our goal is a young person. We're thinking about education of young people. A young person who knows God as they should. That's the goal. I think just the statement as well, you know, you start with that word truth. Um, there is, and, the, and there is nothing more important than the truth. And it's interesting that our Lord calls himself the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then, so, so that means anything that doesn't line up with what God has said about himself and what he says about his creation is falsehood and it's error and it's interesting how the scriptures you look in colossians 2 i've got my bible open to this uh colossians 2 this is paul for i want you to know how great a struggle i have for you and for those at laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face that their hearts may be encouraged being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of god's mystery which is christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and then he follows it up with this. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. And then he says in 
verse 8, see to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. And then he goes on to talk about the whole fullness of deity by uh, dwelling in Christ and so on and so forth. And, and it's interesting that there's a warning in that passage um, instead of it just being, well, here's the truth. Make sure that it's taught. No, there, there, are, there are consequences for not lining your understanding of, 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 uh, of God and creation up with his understanding of himself and creation. When we talk about truth, we're referencing authority, right? Yes. What, what is, um, all, all these worldviews are appealing to something that is the authority to, to give us, you know, the, the standard by which we're measuring these things. Um, what, what's that authority for our school? I mean, as, as we educate, what's the standard that, that we're measuring things by? It's God's special revelation, Scripture. And so when we talk about a, a thoroughly biblical worldview, really all we are simply talking about is lending to Scripture the authority that it's due. And because this is, this is revelation from holy God himself about the person and work of his son, Jesus Christ, and, and uh, how redemption takes place and uh, how he acts in the, in the world and how things are ultimately going to turn out. You find the answers to all of those things in Scripture. And so if we lend it the authority that it is due, now it claims authority over the way we approach education. It has authority over our lives individually. And so um, there's not anything we do. There's not anything we do that isn't directly affected by God's revelation. So... When we think about how we educate, we had better educate Christianly. We had better educate according to what God's word says is good and right and true. And the, the starting place for that, as I said a moment ago, is the person and work of his son. But that has implications as well on the way that we approach mathematics. It has implications on the way that we approach ed, uh, athletics. It has implications on the way that we discipline students. God's word has to claim authority over all of those areas. And so, yes, it is. It's scripture. And um, yeah, the, the sermon that this, this past Sunday from Pastor Caldwell, maybe you can put that in the, in the podcast notes because I thought it was outstanding on sanctification. And Pastor Richard made reference to John 17, 17 in, in that sermon where Jesus said, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. It is. It's truth and it's authoritative. And that's where sanctification happens. And so uh, there, there's just not anything we prize more highly than Scripture, the message of Scripture, and the authority that Scripture claims over our lives. And another thing that's interesting about that is so many people <clears throat> view that as constraining in a way that's, that's uh, not healthy or not good. Um, but truth is truth. And so if, you've, if you're lining your life, your thinking and your life and your activities up with God's truth, then you're, you're, you're living according to the way things really are, and you're thinking according to the way things really are. And what comes as a result of that is, A, I'm avoiding a lot of pitfalls that I could potentially fall into, and B, I've got a lot of freedom now. Uh, there is a, I heard somebody say this at the Truth and Love Conference, either it was last year or this year, and I don't remember who it was. They said, 
now there's freedom to move around the cabin. You know, there, there, there is a lot of freedom with when you does, when you order your life according to God's word. Um, and, and, and in education, it's no different. So, uh, go and study, go and learn and rejoice in the things that you're finding out and discovering. And, and God rejoices in that as well. Uh, but as soon as we decide we're going to step outside of the parameters that these 66 books give us, we can know and or run up against it in some way. We can know I'm heading off into a territory I don't belong in and helping students to develop those parameters by first and foremost, knowing the word of God and then help assisting them in learning to to keep the, the, the parameters that the scriptures give for us and then let, helping them to enjoy that freedom to move around the cabin, so to speak, is something that should be a great joy and not viewed as this constraining, man, look what I'm missing out on type of mentality, which is what our flesh, that's what it does, right? It, it's constantly pushing out against that um, and learning them to rejoice in it and, and enjoy it is, is really what classical Christian education is all about. You know, you talk about freedom, there's, there's anxiety when you leave this because you, then you don't know where the truth is. I mean, it's, it's, an anxious moment to not know reality and, and to try to live outside of reality, um, which we've got whole movements in our culture right now pushing these things. The, the negative side of that looks like um, anxiety and worry over things that God simply tells us what's true. And we don't need to worry about those things uh, whenever God has declared what is true. Yeah, and, and right down to the hidden person of the heart, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we read in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So the very thoughts and intentions of my heart can be discerned by Scripture. Scripture tells me who I am. And, uh, and, and once I learn who I am, Guess what? Scripture also contains the message of, of who I ought to be, and that's pursuing likeness to, to the person of Jesus Christ day by day as I, as I mortify sin and, and put carnal desires to, to death. No, there's actually great freedom in knowing the truth and believing the truth and submitting myself to the authority of a, of a God who, who, as we just said, can even tell me who I am. Those identity questions that yes. that so many students struggle with, and a lot of it, I think, is they they don't they aren't believing what God says about their identity. I mean, that's that's a it, there's freedom in that and great joy. Yeah, and that and this kind of uh, goes into the rest of the 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 Ford truck analogy. In that, if I decide that I'm going to use that truck in a way that the that the uh, manufacturer has not designed it to be used the truck's going to break down. If I decide I'm not going to put, you know, I don't know, the type of oil or whatever inside of the truck, let's say that a different type of oil or, or, or fuel is, is cheaper than what it is that, I, that, that, that I'm told to put in there, and I decide to go off on my own, I'm doing that at my own risk, and the results may be tragic. That's one thing for a truck, but it's another thing for a human being, that if I decide that I've got my own ideas for how this is going to do it, maybe I think this is better, the, the the my creator has told me no it's not it's actually rebellion against me then i can i can know for a fact that that's going to lead down a path of of heartache and hurt the results are going to be tragic um just like if i were to 
uh, not use the truck the way the manufacturer tells me to. The results are going to lead to a breakdown. And uh, we see that. All, we know that. All We know that. And I mean, in everything that we do, things are designed only to, I, I laugh all the time. You know, you see somebody, uh, one of my kids or something like that, would when they were little, they'd be pushing a button over and over and over and over. That's not meant to be used like that. It's meant to be turned on and off. If you keep pushing it, it's going to break because it's not being used the way that it's designed to be used. And I think that's just an important thing when you're when you're thinking about what the truth is. If you're lining your life up with it, you don't have things that you have to worry about um, breaking down. When I was a kid and I, and I would do that sort of thing, my granddaddy would always look at me and say, every time you do that, it's one last time it'll do it before it breaks. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one plenty of times. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, well, Christian is a, it's a word that's used really broadly. Maybe what are some things that's, that make us distinct even from other Christian schools that would be helpful to just explain for people? Well, the, the first thing I would say is I would go right back to what you mentioned related to authority. Um, if If Scripture is going to be authoritative, then... We've got to allow it to. We've got to allow it to speak authoritatively, and so what that means is, uh, we better have an idea of what Scripture means when it talks about, for example, a doctrine like baptism. Uh, I think a lot of Christian schools take the approach, not you know, not wanting to to isolate people, take a little bit more of a big tent type approach where. Um, you know what what they teach about baptism, as long as it falls in the realm of what's orthodox um, that's that's fine you can teach there and, and hold to that for us we want God's word to speak authoritatively so so when a student has questions of their teacher about what baptism is they're not going to get three different answers from three different teachers our, our faculty are by design uh, unified on on those matters and some of that has to do with the fact that we're a ministry of Founders Baptist Church. And so the church's doctrinal statement is the school's doctrinal statement. And we believe this is what Scripture teaches. Therefore, we're going to treat it as authoritative and, uh, and, and know that we're not going to be more sure about our interpretation of Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew than we are what the Scriptures teach about a particular doctrine because I think that's what happens we you know, schools many Christian schools maybe teach a literature class and they have some interpretation of this literary work that's that's what they believe to be the intent of the author and then suddenly we we wax uh, relativistic when it comes to doctrines and I'm of the mind that ought not to be we ought to we don't we ought to allow scripture to be authoritative so that would be one primary area where I would say we're, we're different than a lot of Christian schools is we're going to, we've got a robust doctrinal statement and we're going to hold to it. Yeah, so it's clear what, what we hold to. It's clear what students are going to be taught. Parents don't have to wonder. Um, why would you say that's a better approach for unity than maybe a broad, ambiguous statement of faith that, it, that has a, a kind of a big tent mentality? It's p- partly what I said of a student's not going to get several different answers about a particular doctrine. Moreover, yeah. parents don't have to wonder what their kids are, are being taught at school. Uh, they can, if, if they want to take the time to read the doctrinal statement, they know what we believe, they know what we teach, and can be prepared for it. So if I, if I take myself out of the scenario where um, 
my kids go to school here. Maybe, maybe if we imagine a scenario where I were looking for a school for my own kids, uh, I would be more comfortable at a, at a church, at a school that has a, a fleshed out doctrinal statement where I know what's going to be taught than I would at a interdenominational school where I might be putting out fires uh, when my kids have questions about what the Bible teaches. So even if I didn't necessarily agree with that particular school's every doctrinal conviction, I can at least say to my kids, hey, here's what your school is teaching about this doctrine. Here's what our family believes and here's why. Um, But the reality is if we did not believe what's in our doctrinal statement to be biblical, we wouldn't hold to it. So we do. We believe it's biblical. We're going to treat it as authoritative. We're going to allow it to claim authority over our lives and and what we believe and what we think and what we teach and be unified in that way. Mm -hmm. Anything else, y'all, just as we think through this topic of Christian education that that you really wanted to say that I don't want to cut you short? I I think it is important to mention just the nature of, within a, a, a biblical worldview of education of both the the learner and the teacher. The nature of the learner, meaning that, w- you know, when they walk into Founders Christian School uh, each day, we have a biblical understanding of who it is that's walking into our classroom. I mean, this is a person made in the image of God and has, has an estimable value, um, which means that I have a responsibility to treat that person as such. So that, you know, that, that, changes my view hopefully right off the bat if i um if i were were thinking otherwise in some way shape or form and then also coming at this from from the perspective of this is our ministry as teachers this is this is the this is the ministry that i have today uh this person walking into my classroom having the opportunity to do the things i just said and i need to take that seriously um and uh yeah we may be talking about some, some type, some history or rocks and science or space or, or some, some piece of literature, work of literature. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still ministering to this child in the name of, of Jesus Christ. And I have a responsibility to keep that before me all the time. Um, because as we all know, we're not just teaching class in that classroom. They're bringing in everything else that's going on in their life with them. So I know that was a long answer, but it's, an amazing testimony to our school and to our staff to hear what our students say about our teachers. Um, that is a, a felt love um, that really is, is God's grace uh, through w- what he's done in the lives of our, our teaching staff through salvation and um, for God's glory. And if those things are happening, we've got a great school. Uh, looks like you're going to. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, I can't think of a time where we've done interviews or solicited feedback or gotten feedback on what stands out to students and parents about our school. I can't think of a time we've done that, that the love teachers have for the students isn't a part of what what's described. And it's exactly what you just said. And it's the fact that a work of salvation has been done in their lives. And so there is a, a supernatural love that they're capable of because the Lord has put it there. And And then it's also what Dan mentioned a moment ago, which is that when this student sits down in my classroom, it's not just some kid. It's an eternal soul, and it's someone's child, 
and it's someone who lives a life outside of the classroom that I may not know a lot about. It may be extraordinarily difficult at any given time. We just don't know. So here they plop down in front of us. Our job is to minister to them and to minister to their families with the truth and to allow that truth to, to accomplish its work in their lives. And so, you know, we've done this entire podcast about the, the biblical worldview aspect of things, and it's, it's tempting to want to get into what that means for methodology and things like that, because as I said earlier in the podcast, there are implications of the biblical worldview on the way we educate. And so we'll talk about those things next time, and I'm excited to talk about those things, because uh, one thing we can say for sure is that a biblical worldview requires that we do this well. It requires that we do it excellently. We're not going to we're not going to set our hand to this and become uh, essentially stewards of the of the minds and hearts of these students uh, when when they come to school anyway. Right, the, the parents are delegating that authority to us to steward their minds and their hearts. We had better do it well. And so, hopefully, next time we'll have an opportunity to talk about what that looks like uh, from a nuts and bolts standpoint by the by the way that we educate. But it's got to start with the truth. It's got to start with the authority of scripture and it's got to start with a profound love that, that we have for these kids. That's a, that's a great way to lead off uh, for next week or to, to end this one for next week. Um, and also a good segue into uh, the last thing I was going to ask you guys about. So you're just talking about ministering to our families and, and loving and caring for them. Um, I know you all have been engaged, both of you with contacting all of our families in the midst of this crisis over the last week. Um, and I just wanted to ask, was there any uh, maybe overarching me- message that you wanted to share with all of the Founders Christian community after those phone calls uh, that, that might be an encouragement for, for everyone? It was good to hear that everybody that I talked to anyway, in general, has, has got a positive, upbeat attitude about things, a realistic one. But, uh, but at the same time, everybody seems to be doing, doing well considering the circumstances, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, I, I would basically say the same. I was, I, I might even go so far as to say I was, I was overwhelmed by uh, the positive outlook, just the kind words that families had for the teachers and for the efforts that they see that are that are being put forth. Some even spoke of, um, "Hey, I can't believe how quickly you guys were able to get us work and get us going." Obviously, it hasn't been without its bumps, and and anybody who's who's been doing it and is listening to this will will know that it, it you know we've had to make some adjustments, but I, I am I am personally grateful because I see how hard our teachers work. I'm personally grateful that that's being recognized by our parents. That's that's probably I haven't I can't think of anything I heard more consistently than hey we really appreciate and recognize how much effort the teachers are, are putting into what's going on right now. Um, and then the other thing that I heard consistently was uh, that they requested that we, that we pray for them to have patience with their kids at home, teaching, teaching their own kids at home. So <laughs> That's uh, definitely something I can relate to as well yeah. as a parent. So. Yeah. And, and there were a few obviously that because of the financial or, or economic impact of this have been impacted in that way. And so our desire is to minister to them. But I even had families say, hey, the Lord's been uniquely good to us in this time. 
And if you're aware of any needs, we'd, we'd want to know. So we've kind of had both ends of that spectrum and those things are encouraging as well. It's just neat to see the body of Christ doing what the body of Christ does, which is ministry in these times. And, and I know we've said it through email and things like that. I would, I would just say again, if, you know, if we have families or anyone listening to this that uh, you know, needs something, I would want them to reach out to us. Well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for the, the time you guys take to, to make this podcast and uh, appreciate everybody that's uh, watching or listening. Uh, we, we do care for you all. That's why we do this. If there's ways that we can make this better, please let us know. Uh, you can send in questions you'd like us to, to answer at questions at founderschristian.org. And if that's an easy place, you can also send some feedback or comments uh, that you'd have for us, uh, but we, we'd appreciate that. Well, it's time for our last segment of the show before we leave, and uh, I think many people's favorite segment that we do. Uh, I, I have it on good authority that some people are just skipping the whole podcast just to listen <laughs> to this. So it's really well, encouraging. Of, of all the you know views that our podcast has, I don't know what percentage of them are just listening to this segment. Well, there's a reason we have this segment. That's right. Yeah. So, and that segment is Dad Joke of the Day with Dan Baker. So, Dan, what you got for us today? Well, in light of the fact that we've been discussing biblical worldview, um, what do you call it when Batman skips church? <laughs> I don't know. This is going to be a I good one. Know. Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes, it is. Well, there you have it. Uh, you guys have a great week. Let us know uh, if you have any questions. <laughs>